0: Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album and more every other week. I'm Christy.
1: Pardon me. This is Josh. (laughs) I'm just going to step all over you. (laughs) Meet my foot.
0: (laughs) I'm acquainted. Thanks.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, has it been two weeks already?
0: Uh Uh-huh. If you ever want to make
1: time fly by, start a podcast or maybe two. (laughs)
0: That's right. (laughs) Because you feel like you're in a constant loop of preparing and editing and recording and promoting. Actually, you record before you edit, but details. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Potato, potato. Yeah. Yeah. So that definitely does help the time move by because there's always...
1: Something. Something. Something going on. (laughs) Well, what we have going on today... That's right. ...is... Part five, five, part I five know. of our for you coverage. We spent a couple episodes covering the album proper. Yep, this is our third, fourth, yes, the
0: third episode three, four, of Outtakes.
1: So, yeah, third episode of Outtakes, and I don't want to spoil the ending, but we've got two more okay. to do after this. Okay, who boy,
0: who boy, who knew? Well, I mean, we knew. I mean, Prince is really prolific his entire career, and it makes complete sense that he would have been prolific. At the start of his career? Before the start of his career?
1: Indeed. Indeed. I mean, I knew we'd cover it for a while. I didn't know that we'd get like seven episodes out of it. (laughs) uh, Because as I have said, I kind of ignored, especially Mm -hmm. the outtakes from this period, just never like struck a chord with me. But Uh. they have... My entire attention now.
0: Yeah, they've worked their way into your psyche. That's
1: right. My heart.
0: Your heart. Not just Aww. my psyche, but my heart. Aw. Aw. Well, let's dive right in then.
1: Speaking of hearts, wouldn't That's... you love to love me is our first outtake. Uh-huh. Well, it's not our first, first outtake this episode.
0: Uh, right. <laughs> That's the first thing we're going to cover today. That's right. This would eventually end up with an official release on Tajisville's yeah. debut eponymous album, released in September of 1987. It was first captured on a basic cassette recorder in 1976.
1: We have a recording of that, oh, do and we? I considered adding it here, but uh-huh. it is... Kind of piss poor quality. Yeah, it's a little hard to listen to. Okay, and it is just clearly like noodling around on a guitar.
0: Uh huh. Trying to figure it out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this to me is more of like the fully formed early version of the song that doesn't. It's not just fully formed. Right. Prince's head. Yeah. It's here. It is on tape. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. On ones and zeros. Yeah. What do you call it now?
0: Uh, Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That is an excellent question. I, I don't. <laughs> it's know. in the ether. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were at least six versions prior to Taja's release that were recorded by Prince, and it's uh, been an
1: awful lot of time on this song
0: uh-huh.
1: to end up giving it away.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, he did, and this precedes the version that was included on 2019's Originals. Yes. We have it listed as 1978. It's difficult to know whether it's actually the 1977 yeah. or the 1978 version. I
1: think our, you know, the file we have is labeled 1978 outtake. But what what does the label know? I think that it is the 1977. I agree recording specifically because of the drum machine. Um, okay. that it was also that same drum machine was also used for another outtake. Neurotic Lover's Bedroom, which we will cover eventually, has the same kind of sound going on.
0: Okay, and there's no Sue Ann Carwell on this one because uh, she was Susie Stone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prince was trying to convince her she should be Susie Stone at that time, and we don't hear her here. So Yep, yeah. I've got to
1: give credit to uh while looking into, there's many versions of the song, including one from... 1986 that I had mm-hmm. sort of forgotten about that was a parade era re-recording the one that was submitted to Michael Jackson I mean uh-huh. he tried to give this away to the king of pop yeah I guess after you know the bad collaboration didn't happen
0: right yeah this was like his way of apologizing you see the like feud and I really think that a lot of that was very generated by the press and oh yeah
1: I don't think that there was a lot of hatred there, there was, they poked fun at one another There was a healthy rivalry I right they were different they, different artists
0: right and they seemed like michael jackson wanted to collaborate with prince a little more than prince wanted to collaborate with michael jackson well michael and jackson that's did a totally,
1: whole lot of collaboration that's you know, that right was sort of became that was his thing throughout his career not just like yeah. late 80s and on but you know quincy jones and all these other collaborate paul mccartney right so he had done that a lot
0: yeah, and Prince was uh, a little more insular.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He didn't he was big on, you know, finding the unknown talent and let's right. roll them into the Prince universe, then I don't need to be
0: He doesn't want to be uh, rolled into the Michael somebody Jackson else's universe. universe. That's right. right. He's like, I got my own universe. Thank you very much.
1: That's right. That's so, right.
0: But it does it just seem like interesting and maybe a little sweet that he'd be like "Yeah, I don't want to do bad with you here's the song I wrote would you like to sing it this is how I can collaborate with you
1: yeah yeah that's how we can work together and
0: you know it didn't end up happening but that's fine
1: yeah I had forgotten also we, we covered this song in depth the uh, one on originals that you mentioned mm-hmm. it's more of a poppy you know happy kind of song right you know it's kind of loud and this is much more Reserved and simple.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, not that it doesn't have its complexities. Um, I also wanted to mention on Printsongs.org, if we weren't so great ourselves, I'd say leave it to these guys to review the uh-huh. song. It's a great recap of this particular version that you can post on our social media. Oh,
0: yeah. Actually, I think I already have that one. That's our, for our friend <laughs> uh, Zach. Yes. Yeah. Who uh, writes over there. So he's a good dude.
1: Well, since I stepped on your opener, maybe okay. I'm teeing you up here to, oh, like, promote the socials, Christy.
0: Sure. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now, assuming that it hasn't imploded, uh, at Mats podcast, T-M-A-T-S, or you can send us an email, Mats podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, excellent. I feel redeemed. Now we're even.
0: That's right. There we go. Sort of. Yeah, the vocals are really quiet here.
1: They are, but it's sort of a rudimentary rudimentary recording also. I mean uh-huh. it's it's not not a first generation version that we have either. So this right. has been kind of muffled through generations of copying before it got into our Unworthy hands, <laughs> but yes, I agree. He's a very shy sounding in this, but I think it's also he's singing not as him either, right? Right, so he's sort of taking on the personality, singing it for as a almost like a vocal guide, right? I think too. So sure, it's not I really it himself, also and
0: fits with the whole era, you know. When we have oh yeah, we have yeah. a number of recordings, including the entire For You album, where the vocals are a little buried. Right. So I was like, well, nah, they can't all be these stellar kinds of recording that I wish we had on <laughs> for you with the loud, clear vocals.
1: Yeah. True. Boy, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. my grandparents had uh an organ in their condo in Atlanta. Not unlike piece of crap your parents have, although it was <laughs> a little nicer. <laughs> No offense (laughs) to your parents' organ, but it had, like, built-in beats. Uh Oh, yeah, the
0: bossa nova.
1: That is exactly what I was going to say. (laughs) This is pretty bossa Uh nova-like as far as the beat goes. And I don't think this was really Prince and drum programming. This was, you know... A beat that was there i think this was long before prince became kind of mastered the art of drum programming i think but a a nice early take so i was like what is this really sounds like the bossa nova Mm -hmm. i clearly remember sitting at this organ with zero out of ten skills Uh headphones in and just poking around at different sounds and Uh this was one of them for sure Yeah. So I, I'm like, I think this is bossa nova. I looked up a place where you can learn bossa nova drumming lessons for oh. you, you can post this on social. But I'm like, does this really fit? I think it's right. It's a relaxed style of samba developed in the night in the late 50s, early 60s in Brazil. Uh, characterized by a different beat that altered the harmonies with the introduction of unconventional chords and an innovative syncopation of traditional samba from a single rhythmic division. Excellent. Which I think is a pretty good description of what we have here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Super fair.
1: So I said he's not singing it as himself. This is him singing from a woman's point of view. I it don't remember if we like really it. realized that when we heard it on originals, if we discussed that.
0: Um. Well, I mean... I don't know if we did either, but it ended up being sort of intended for women. He tried to get, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Suzanne Carwell to yeah. sing it. Then he ended up giving it to Taja Tajasville, Seville. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows what other protege he tried to get to sing the song? And I don't think that he thinks of Michael Jackson as a woman, but,
1: but well, yeah, no, I don't, think, I don't <laughs> think so either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think that he thought of him in a derogatory sort of manner. He just thought, "Hey, this guy's voice might work well yeah, for the song."
1: Sure, sure. I don't know where the shamans would fit, and at least in mm. verse one, I don't know. not sure. I do know as he starts singing when he sings, "Do you really love me?" He turns me into a couple syllables at thirty-one seconds, and it's very—I don't know—endearing somehow. <laughs> Just over, right, this bossa nova beat, uh-huh. some keyboards, maybe a little bass guitar, and mm-hmm. it is like, once it starts, it doesn't go in a whole lot of different no. directions. No. Yeah, it's sort of a basic track. Yeah. Not over-embellished. I no,
0: but there's say. definitely several tracks, because there's some um, bouncing oh, back yeah. and forth in the stereo. <laughs> It was buried enough that it kind of, it didn't make me dizzy.
1: Okay. It okay. was
0: buried enough that it was just a little accentuation. It wasn't a, anything that would upset me. I under, fully understand that that is my thing. I don't like that. And. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: You're allowed to have your thing.
0: That's right. I'm allowed to talk about it here because.
1: Who's well. going to stop you? <laughs> <me>? <laughs> Only at the opening of the podcast <laughs> would I ever try to stop you or trip you up.
0: There's a really fun keyboard that matches his vocals. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you love to love me alone? Mm -hmm. And is in the right channel, but there's a matching keyboard in the left channel. Fun, the way he split yeah. this up, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it shows a lot of maturity. It does. And even though it is a pretty simple recording. Like I said, still... there
1: are complexities in there that are like nice touches and they're not accidents.
2: Mm-mm.
1: Right. I did think, first thing I thought when I heard the chorus, wouldn't you love to love me, wouldn't you? It's not how Prince says it. It is like that classic, like, theater instruction that you get. Like, don't be lazy when you enunciate. It's not wouldn't chew (laughs) (laughs) and there's a lot of chewing in this song (laughs) that I think I need to go back and listen to originals again or or like the 1986 version again when he became much more aware of (laughs) enunciations Uh and how they can come across like as precision singing Uh and this is a much looser kind of thing and of course he was probably by himself sure doing his own thing not even entered his mind like the words not chew prince (laughs) wouldn't you (laughs) like to enunciate
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't chew on things that aren't food
1: that's true maybe he's singing this from a dog's perspective Uh,
0: there you (laughs) (laughs) yeah And then he has some whispering vocals in the right channel.
1: Did you hear those? Because I have notes of them hoping that you did. Go ahead. The floor is yours. I
0: just, I just, all I have to say about it is "Oh, oh, yeah. I love it.
1: 1 minute and 29 seconds is when I wrote down the whispering to yeah. give you to give you any part of me. He sings it but then he also whispers it uh-huh. in a channel that is
2: it's so great. It's
1: pretty nice, yeah. right? It's really nice. Especially like I said this isn't like the cleanest recording in the world, but it's not it's very listenable. It's enjoyable uh-huh. and you there's there's stereo that you can pick out and especially with Prince in your right ear. Yeah. Whispering. It gets your attention.
0: Uh-huh. It does.
1: Yeah. Big big time.
0: Wasn't that the other Taja's Phil song? If I could get your attention.
1: That was, she had a few, but that was one of, that that was another one. one. That was another one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yep. (laughs)
0: Um, Did
1: that get your attention? It
0: did. And then there at a minute and 44, there's some suggestive lyrics that I think make it fairly clear Mm -hmm. that this was probably intended for a woman. Yeah. At least in the 1970s, pretty clearly. I know I can please you till your rocks are gone.
1: I wrote down, I couldn't, I was unsure of the lyrics there. Till your voice is gone, till the party's gone, and you you're, too, I, you're you seem like damn certain.
2: I'm,
0: I'm pretty but sure it's... it's trying to get
1: rid of Dwayne uh, Johnson. <laughs> There is the hook from the originals version, and the originals versions felt like it was it was stretched out pretty far. Okay, it was a longer song. Uh, We're here; it's five minutes, so you know, a longer than average song. But the do 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 do,
2: mm-hmm. we get a lot
1: of that here at two minutes and thirteen seconds. So that was. You know, from the genesis of the song, from one of its most original forms, kind of yeah. stayed with it. Right. As it went, and as it went through all the changes, all the singers, all the offerings of peace to different musicians. <laughs> there's also a lot of great bass yeah. at two minutes and 35 seconds. There's a little breakdown and some bass. <laughs> Of reminding me, we, when we covered Sign of the Time Super Deluxe Edition, we kind of started early and covered some things that wouldn't be on sure. Super Deluxe yeah. and all of Jill Jones' uh-huh. uh, album we talked about uh-huh. in, I think, For Love. And G-Spot, there's this raising bass line and there's a little bit of that here too that has become like, I don't know, that's a Prince original idea. It's sort of a, you know, a building kind of technique to a song to do that with a, with bass that you are used to hearing in the background. Kind mm-hmm. of, it's there, but you don't notice it necessarily. Sure. And then it takes a turn and you're like, ooh. Yeah. All right. Okay. At three minutes and 31 seconds to three minutes and 35 seconds, there are some ah-ahs and uh, then some uh. really high-pitched keyboards that are unique also so it's like peppered with like a very basic simple repetitious but enjoyable song peppered with these little additional moments that make it really enjoyable
0: yeah i thought that that felt very spontaneous Mm -hmm. before that at two minutes and 51 seconds there were some interjections of love love Mm -hmm. that were also kind of spontaneous helped break up some of this repetition yeah because it it does get a little repetitive and then but he does things to break it up just as it's starting to get a little too repetitive.
1: It's all good. Yeah. Prince got you.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we get treated to a false fade out, but it's only on the drum track. Did you notice that? Mm-mm. At four minutes and 35 seconds, the drums oh. start to fade out, but the keys and other instruments keep going before you're hit with the real fade out yeah. you know, of the song. Oh, so.
0: see, and I called that the music thins for a moment. Oh,
1: thins. Mm-hmm. Like something the Girl Scouts might try to sell us.
0: In the left channel, a few times, there's an oh, 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 yeah, that's kind of in that mm-hmm. uh, borderline muppet scream.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's very fun.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I started thinking, do I like this a little better than the, you know, compare this to the released version, to what was on originals, and then went back and revisited the 1986 version of this that I hadn't heard in forever. It's just kind of a, I don't know what it is about this song that just, it seemed to like live on forever. You know, it took 10 years to find a home, but he continued to revisit it over and over again Mm -hmm. throughout the years. So, I don't know. It had to he had to have felt like there was something notable here yeah, in the song.
0: Absolutely. And
1: I'm on his side.
0: Yeah. Then we have Make It Through The Storm. So while Prince was co-author on this with Chris Moon, Chris Moon got full credit for this song and mm-hmm. Prince got full credit on My Love Is Forever. Yeah. That was how they why, divided they just it. I not up. want
1: to like both take co-credit I don't, or I yeah don't, it seems strange to yeah me.
0: but whatever a version was recorded with the tracks for for you at the record plant um, but as the album evolved it got cut Sue Ann Carwell also recorded and released a version of make it through the storm that was the b-side to let me let you rock me
1: oh yes Suanne was supposed to have her own protege album mm-hmm. was prince's first yeah the protege cherry <laughs> there is an interview with sue Ann, uh on a video podcast called truth and rhythm that's from 2021 did you happen to come across that i did not um it's a two-parter with her uh being interviewed and talks about her time in minneapolis she's since moved away and it's it's a really fun lesson and watch you can See, Sue Ann, they're in the flesh.
0: Very cool. The guitar here is clear and kind of sweet and kind of upbeat.
1: Yeah, and acoustic yeah. on top of all of that. Yes. You're talking about like right at the beginning, there's yeah. like almost an immediate breakdown at seven seconds that goes on for about seven seconds. Yeah. Part out This is kind of a I don't know Mid-tempo song With a quick cadence On the delivery To all the lyrics Sure Um, And very Pretty falsetto Mm -hmm. By Prince As was usual Yeah In the the late 70s When he's recording
0: Yep I thought it was funny If she doesn't Give him a reason She can't leave She says So Now you want to leave me But why You will not say Mm -hmm. Then don't tell me why Just tell me You'll never go away Like if your reason's not good enough, you can't yep, go.
1: that's right, or if you yeah, don't tell me why, just yeah, just like, don't
0: just don't go you
1: know how sometimes we have an argument and we say, well, just change your mind and the problem goes oh. away like, that's that's not how it works, right It's just not no i but,
0: I would say you've said that about other people. You've wisely never said that to me in the oh, heat of true. an argument.
1: That's true. Or not in a way that I really meant it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it only a way to break the to tension. Bring, to
1: bring levity. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um, I thought there was a little bit of his approach to when doves cry here. And mm-hmm. I'm, maybe it's just similar language. Well, it is similar language. But he had a way of portraying the world as cold, empty, Lonely, and when doves cry, a world so so cold. Uh Here, the world's a cold and empty place without a love to keep you warm. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, portray, and it will. I mean, it's cold in Minneapolis, so I'm sure. perspective there is is correct but that's kind of stuck out to me a little bit like you would hear that kind of description of the world again on one of his biggest hits
0: yeah very cool
1: at a minute and 38 seconds there's a great little run of yas that follow the second chorus yeah 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 Got like this multi-singer mentality, but again, it's again mostly him, mm-hmm. you know, in the studio, so making it sound like this was a collaborative effort with right. himself. Uh huh. It's kind of fun. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of uh, layers and like vocalizations that make it sound uh, bigger, grander. Yeah. maybe yep. a little bit. There are also some spacey sounds right about a minute that yeah. are very reminiscent of what would come. In 1999, you can hear those things already starting, which I just love finding these like.
1: Yeah, little uh, nuggets of, uh, you uh-huh. know, embryos of ideas. Mm-hmm. I love this
0: pain and pleasure, keep yeah, and the lyrics are delivered like Love simple album lyrics, like so fast and a whole bunch of them.
1: Yes, like, like the Alanis the- Morissette approach to singing <laughs> or
0: Fiona Apple. Fiona Apple, Apple yeah. <laughs> Fiona Apple was way worse than Alanis Morissette. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> not I was that they were, like, they
0: were both good, not the worst, uh, yeah.
1: just yeah. A, a lot of lyrics. There's a lot of story to tell. It's like the Wes Anderson little short <laughs> film that we wa- watched about uh-huh. Henry Sugar. Yes. Where I mean, you cannot. Stop paying attention because you'll miss like uh-huh. detailed information that because it starts with you know people narrating the story and you better be there till the end. Yeah, and it was a good reason that it was like thirty nine minutes. Because right, because it's a lot. It was like a two hour story <laughs> that they crammed into. 40 minutes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like,
0: that's like this song. It is. Yeah,
1: yeah. but in a in a fun way. Yeah. I don't think it's, you know, a critique at all through this. And also like a very simple concept for a song. This isn't like an original thing, right? Uh-huh. You know, stay with right. me and we can overcome whatever.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'd like to address that. Okay. So don't you know, we'll make it through the storm. The line by itself is like sweet. Even the verse... That it's with within. The world's such an empty place without the love to keep you warm. Mm-hmm. Hold me in your arms tonight. Don't you know we'll make it through, make it the, through the
2: storm. The world's such a-
0: Sweet and encouraging until you realize that the storm is her breaking up with him. <laughs> I mean, this is what the storm is.
1: Yeah, the storm is an argument or a attempt to break up, right? Cause <laughs> right. Once, I mean, yeah. that's
0: what the storm is. Uh, it's her you're breaking right. up with him? <laughs> and it's kind of he's like not gonna take no for an answer. That's which, right. It's the... you know is fine in some cases and unacceptable in others. <laughs> this is one of the you know it's a different track of just as long as we're together, you sure know, like he, he he's like, just as long as we're together, we can make it through anything, and here he's saying this storm it's it'll pass just yeah. you just gotta wake out, wait out the urge to break up with me, sure that's all it is He
1: sees it as a <laughs> uh a speed bump, and she sees it as the Appalachians. <laughs> I think that that is also how, I mean, Prince's mentality on that didn't change much, I would say, either. (laughs) That she, we never heard what her issue was or what... You know, Uh, what kind of front came through town (laughs) to blow the storm in, Uh you know, it might have been him seeing someone else and that didn't sit well with her Uh to him. He's, you know. He's like,
0: this is not a deal breaker for me, (laughs) so why is it one for you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he has a way of making it a, a we thing and not a me thing or a you thing. Uh So his own dismissal. (laughs) of whatever the argument was Uh turns it into, we'll solve this together Uh because I've dismissed it. (laughs) Problem solved. (laughs) So that's probably deeper psychology than I think he was writing into the song, but those are the undercurrents (laughs) of what's happening. Yeah,
0: but see, this is part of psychology too, is that you don't always understand what Mm. you really mean when you say something.
1: Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> there, there, there's deep emotions buried within you uh-huh. that uh, come out in different ways of That's speaking right. truths. Yeah,
0: exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: Despite all of that, this is not nearly I, as troubling as big funny. tall wall or something. You know, I don't hear a psychopath no, in no. here. I, I hear
0: a desperate yeah. teenager uh,
1: yeah somebody who doesn't want to lose his girlfriend
0: uh-huh. uh, it's yeah. fine I just it's funny because <laughs> I don't think that he meant it and yet here he is saying it and yeah. it's it's just
1: it's entertaining well this is the music industry and this is a, an entertaining podcast that's so right. you've got everything you want right <laughs> here including a fast. Abrupt ending with no fade out.
0: I know, which I really
1: appreciated. I appreciated it too. Um, Also very short, two minutes and 43 seconds, Mm -hmm. something like that.
0: Well, that's because he didn't drag out those lyrics. He said them all really fast. And Mm -hmm. there you go. You don't need to have more than three minutes for the song because (laughs) (laughs) he, he sped read those lyrics.
1: Sure. Very fair. Yeah. Next up. I wonder if he had multiple versions of the song for different record companies mm. that he met with or the name of the song is We Can Work It Out. Uh-huh. Two minutes, 57 seconds. Basically, his, you know, proposal to Warner Brothers. And it just, I, I've never read about this song. Whose idea was it to oh. record a song aimed at let's make a deal, you know?
0: Uh-huh. It's, oh, actually... I did read about this.
1: All right. Well, you can educate me Mm because I'm just like, this is Prince playing the part of Monty Hall and trying to say, you know, you have a toothbrush in your purse, (laughs) then we can sign a record deal.
0: I don't think that he had multiple versions of this. And here is why. Because Prince was not excited about going to a reception, celebrating him signing with Warner Brothers. And it was in Los Angeles in June of 1977. Mm-hmm. And David Rifkin suggested okay. that he record a song to play. Okay. So that he oh, could play take- it and he could not have to talk so much at the reception. You're right. To these people. You're and right. And Bobby Z helped him record it. Yep. They played it at the reception. That is, as far as we know, the only time that it was ever played mm-hmm. anywhere the Minnesota Historical Society added Prince's handwritten lyrics to this song to Hmm. their permanent collection in 2017.
1: That's pretty cool. So
0: I think that it was, it was a way for Prince to prepare for that particular event that he was not excited about. And it gave him something else to focus on. He Mm -hmm. was able to focus on that, record this, play it. They were able to listen to it and, and, Uh, enjoy it and maybe understand him a little bit so that he could be a little more shy.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that would be his approach for many, Mm -hmm. many years. That's right. Let me let the music do the talking. I'm most comfortable with that. That's right. Totally fine. Totally fine. I had completely forgotten that story about Bobby Z and David Rifkin Uh brothers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right.
0: Is a... Very seventies sound, a very deep, prominent bass here. Oh, yeah. Some kind of rubber band guitars.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think a lot of over promising. <laughs> going on here we
0: like, should make such beautiful music forever oh together forever oh boy
2: should make such beautiful music forever.
1: yeah yeah i also like the the first line of this now that i know your name and you know mine you know one another uh-huh And he would come back to that in 15 years Mm -hmm. and to get out of the relationship, to make it uncomfortable, I strip my name. Forget my name. Yes. (laughs) Not only forget, not just forget it, but that guy's dead. (laughs) Freaking dead. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, of course, this was like, there's no way he could have foreseen all of this coming. Right. Um, But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Put your trust in me, I'll never let you down. So I would say that was true. Put
2: your trust in me, I'll never let
1: you down. I I was reading this morning, it was like October 6th or 7th or 8th, that Dirty Mind came out in 1980 and Warner Brothers initially wanted to keep the receipt and return that album to Prince and not accept it as his third album and went through kind of a little quiet review process with music critics who all loved it. Uh-huh. Uh, and Prince was like, no, this is the album, you know? Yeah. Um, so there was a little I understand of that, that there. it is a departure, <laughs> yes. but you're going to have to deal with it. Strap in, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but, <laughs> you know, in the end, however, looking back, even after Prince had his uh, issues with Warner Brothers and, you know, got... The freedom that he wanted, he still was able to say, I wouldn't be where I am now without them. He built Paisley Park with, you know,
2: Uh assistance
1: in that whole relationship also. Right. Made a number of good and bad films.
0: Sure. (laughs) Throughout the
1: whole relationship. Sure. I think so. Overall, a success.
0: Yeah. There's some very fun 70s rock style
1: guitars. Whoa, one minute and one second guitar oh, solo mean, there. It's so good. It really is. And again, like the kind of thing that did not appear on For You until deep into the album. Right. You know, and he was like a, he could shred. Mm-hmm. But he chose to, you know, he knew how to pace a record. Sure. This is a good way to talk about it. And here it's this was clearly never going to be on an album. Right. So you just do what you want. Yeah. About the uh when we listened to the alternate versions of Soft and Wet, we heard some kind of cheesy background, get it up, get it up. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: So he has some of that here in a minute and nineteen seconds, you know, when he he says everybody sing.
2: Oh.
1: And it is way less corny and actually really fun. Yeah. I think.
0: Well, and it's also so optimistic. Mm-hmm. Like here you are, you've been listening to this song for you know a minute and a half.
1: Yeah. You want to start singing you, along? You're
0: gonna sing along with me. I'm like, yeah. That's right. You tell those record executives.
1: Yeah. All, yes, you're right. Yeah. It was like the assumption or the, I'm going to will this into being that people are going to dig this and Uh want to sing along with it.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, it was almost a song that could have worked singing to a lover. Yeah. And then he says, making music naturally, me and... W B making music naturally E W B making music naturally E W B music for the young and old music
2: bound to be gold
0: Music for the young and old music bound to be gold you know, Like I mean, it's, it's so silly it's, but it's I get silly, it silly
1: but I mean Prince was silly let's not forget that part he, Yeah. he was cheesy at times and this was, you know, it had its place. So, I mean, I think if you're part of Warner Brothers and the team that signed him, and let's get this guy in the studio and get going, then you feel
0: yeah, pretty like good yeah,
1: about it. Like, made oh, a he song did this just
0: for us, just for this event. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Clearly, he can get stuff done.
0: Yeah, get a growly Muppet working out.
1: Minute forty-seven seconds. Work it out. That's
0: my favorite way of describing that now. The is, yeah, yeah, he sounds like a muppet.
1: <laughs> he does. It's a very Jim Henson kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. It ends with an explosion.
1: Well, they say explosion or thunder. I, you know, I almost think of it as thunder because that's kind of like the way Prince concerts ended forever.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Right. But, yeah, ending in an explosion, you know.
0: It's ominous. It's a little, it does. Like, I get he probably came at it with his, like, I'm going to explode onto this music scene here. And it also kind of had this, like, I'm
1: going to blow
0: up this relationship
1: (laughs) at some point. Yeah.
0: You know, which he, I don't think that he was thinking about at that point. But Well,
1: like you said. The deep psychology of it all <laughs> is, you know, the truth can be found in these smaller little things. There you go. Um, so certainly, I don't even know if he was thinking then, well, I've got a three-album deal. I'm going to really, like, try to shock people. Uh-huh. You know, that was sort of something he developed into, like, this is what's going to make me stand out. Uh-huh. So I'm well, going to sing about first, oral sex. And- yeah.
0: Well, his first two albums didn't make him stand out initially. I mean, people liked it. You know, they sold okay ish for the time. Now they would have been hits, but at the time, you know, okay ish Yeah. You know, but they let him keep making music and then, you know, Dirty Mind really got him noticed.
1: Yep. That is true. Yeah. Um, You know, we knew he was, I think even Warner Brothers knew he would spend the first three albums starting as an 18, 19 year old. Yeah. developing his personality and style and all that kind of right. stuff. I just don't know that they necessarily thought, boy, I wish we had some kind of sticker we could put on this <laughs> album to warn people.
0: <laughs> you know what I wish he'd s- sing a song about? Sex with his sister.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get him on the phone. Hey, man.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> oh, All right. Then we have Love and Cup this is a 94 East track Prince did not have any writing input but he did play guitar drums and keyboards in the summer of 1978
1: indeed 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 and another uh, tie in with Sue Ann (laughs) yeah here who was clearly in the Prince orbit, right? He was
0: trying so hard. I mean, did he just, did he like like her? Did he not know he, he trying even had anything
1: her? to do with it because I read that Sue Ann added vocal overdubs at one point, but Pepe Willie didn't know about it and wasn't too pleased about it. No,
0: he was not. Yeah. This was the,
1: <laughs> interesting,
0: the B-side to Minneapolis Genius single that didn't get a release until 1995 in Canada, but it misspelled Minneapolis. Oh,
1: I didn't know that. And
0: it was the B-side to Just Another Sucker.
1: So I knew it was the B-side to Just Another Sucker. I didn't know that it had a misspelling on it.
0: So uh-huh. M-I-N-N-I-A-P-O-L-I-S. It's in Minnie, Minnie Mouse? Minneapolis.
1: Spell it again. M I N N
0: I. A P O L I S instead wow. of E. Wow. Yeah. I'm that's, like, that is that hurts. That's pretty egregious. That hurts. Jeez. Like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, that can't be right. This has got this has got to be like a bootleg or something. And it's on Discogs as an official release in Canada.
1: Those I'm Canadians.
0: Like, well, or I don't know. You think Pepe Willy know how to spell Minneapolis, but or so, was he
1: even involved
0: I the I don't release? know. It's hard to know. Yeah.
1: So I think what we have here is kind of what we had with Just Another Sucker, where there was additional mixing, because it mm-hmm. does have kind of a 80s vibe to me. Sure. Even though it was recorded in the late 70s. Prince is on drums, guitar and keyboards. Pepe Willie also mm-hmm. plays keyboards, and Andre Simone
0: mm-hmm. plays
1: bass guitar here. Yeah. What I could not find is... Who plays the saxophone? You think, you know Christy? I, I yes, think,
0: I think I know. I'm raising my hand, shaking my shaking my pen above my head. Okay, so I can't confirm it. Okay, but the sax, which I thought had kind of a Kenny G flavor to oh, it, oh,
1: not just flavor. I, I mean, mean a Kenny G drenching. Okay, yeah.
0: but Kenny G didn't have his breakthrough success until 1986. Yeah, and so it. Probably would have been more influenced by other 70s saxophone players who were prominent. Michael Becker was the one that I listened to and kind of found that I thought sounded most influential in the mid seventies. That probably would have been an inspiration to Kenny G. Okay. Um, in the comments on YouTube for this track, werewolf man, Jackal, the hand, that's the handle says that it's his cousin playing the saxophone and his cousin, he said, is Donald Myrick, who is best known as with his work f- for Earth, Wind and Fire. Okay. And Phil Collins. Oh, so okay. also Latoya Jackson, the Gap Band, Anita Baker. Okay. So lots of people. It would have been a huge get for 94 East. To have this guy playing saxophone, but hmm. I can't confirm it.
2: Interesting. But
0: it is, uh, seems like these kind of saxophone playing we would have heard in the early, mid 80s from Phil Collins. Yeah. So not out of the realm of possibility. So okay. I think maybe that's who it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like to think that on Prince albums, I can identify different sax players just by listening like you can tell when it's eric leeds you can tell when it's candy dolfer you can tell when it's maceo parker Mm -hmm. because and the saxophone is right like the instrument that's the most like the human voice yeah so i've heard so i've read but there was nothing here not even on prince vault that even mentioned a saxophone let alone right who played it right so all right well we'll just call it the susudio saxophone (laughs) fine (laughs) with me that's fair yeah, this is very, very jazzy, very sax-centric,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know? Yeah. There are some lyrics.
0: I mean, so simple. It is, just can't get enough from your love and cup. I just can't get enough from your love and cup.
1: It's wild that they threw that one other I in there. I know, like the yeah. first one. So I wrote down the same thing. I'm like, there's this kind of repeating it's vocal thing. and then the inst- the sax that right. fills in the middle, right? So yeah, Rotana, oh, that's a, that's a refrain. I'll be all smart and use some music technology, you know, vocabulary here. Just can't get enough from your loving cup. I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a refrain. And then I started thinking, that's kind of interesting that refrain means to stop doing something. But in music it means to keep doing the same thing. <laughs> Who came up with this? <laughs> Somebody a long time ago, as like a a mean practical joke. Uh huh. Okay. For like only musicians will get this. But yeah, I thought about that. I'm like, well, yeah, refrain from singing that. And I'm like, no,
0: sing yeah. that and uh-huh. then refrain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sing it a bunch of times. Yeah, that's it's the opposite of what you means in real life. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, is there a musical term for be quiet? That means <laughs> you know shout. In the normal everyday English vocabulary, I don't know. That was that was kind of like my take on this whole thing. I'm like, surely I've got more to say about this than you know, four minutes and twenty seconds of a refrain and like some fairly impromptu. I'm sure it was rehearsed, but it was kind of a free form sax delivery. Yeah,
0: yeah. It did. It was very like jazzy. Felt very organic. Yeah. And then, you know, just as it's starting to really get repetitive, we get the Oh No's. Mm -hmm. I really loved the Oh No's. You did. I thought they were very fun, a nice way to break it up. Okay. Can't get enough of your loving cup. Um, A little variation on the lyrics. Yeah, I thought the Oh No's that came in added a little... Mm-hmm. a little fun to it. It could have faded out way sooner for me. I agree. Um, it was a little overlong. It is, I hate to, I don't want to dismiss 94 East's work, but this is background music to me. This is like yeah. great for, you know, a dinner party or something like that. It's uh, fair. Yeah.
1: I don't disagree. Okay. I'm just glad you said it and I didn't.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Well, let's stick with 94 East, because this was something that we had, I, at one point, had said we were going to cover earlier, and then Uh pulled the rug right out from everyone. (laughs) Uh, Dance to the music of the world. We've got two versions, quote unquote, (laughs) although this first one is rightfully labeled practice session yeah okay what is the difference between a practice session and a rehearsal I don't know but okay six yeah. minutes and seven seconds long
0: yeah recorded in the summer of 1978 at Pepe Willie's home mm-hmm Prince didn't have writing input, but he did play guitar and had vocals here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very fun, raw sound, very echoey, very obviously not in a professional studio anywhere.
1: Yeah, it sounds like in a warehouse where they could yeah. set up in or, or a garage. Right. Um, and it's just the three of them, right? Prince, Pepe Willy and uh-huh. Andre Simone. Yeah. Even though I would say it sounds like a group of female vocalists. Uh huh. I mean, they all singing a, this. Yeah.
0: They do a very good job of singing very uh, falsetto. Oh, yeah. Um, For sure. Yep, And Prince improvs some blues.
1: Yeah. At the very beginning.
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh.
1: Looked over my old lady. (laughs) (laughs) She said, job sucker, I'll kick you too. (laughs) And they all find it very funny. Uh Uh-huh. Which seems very, uh, I don't know, Prince, you know, in Prince character. Uh Uh-huh you know, most comfortable with an instrument in his hand. They all laugh. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: yeah. And he's like doing something to make somebody laugh. Yeah, and more enjoy comfortable.
1: Yeah. Relax. I looked over at my old lady. She said, Josh,
2: like
1: <laughs> Do you think at 25 seconds right before they take off? I think that's Pepe Willie telling everyone we're going to be perfect. Everybody look up so we can signal and they count off.
0: Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know who it was.
2: Okay. There we go. We're we'll going to get perfect now. Everybody look up so we can signal. We go. One, two, three,
1: four. It did not sound like Prince to me, so okay. I'm saying that's probably Pepe as the okay. leader of the yeah. band.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's no drums here at all. It's all right. just vocals and finger snaps, uh-huh. essentially, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's like, oh, and guitars, right?
1: Oh, yeah, and guitars. Sorry, guitars, (laughs) bass, (laughs) guitars, vocals, finger snaps.
0: Right, and the music is pretty tight.
1: Oh, yeah. And the finger
0: snaps are really fun. Because
1: it's not an intuitive thing to follow. Like the first time you hear it, you can kind of sing along, but then you're trying to figure out, oh, what are they doing? with the? Uh When do they change it from this cadence to this cadence? And Mm -hmm. when is the... Grab your favorite partner. Yeah, uh-huh. it's kind of this like nanny, nanny, boo, boo <laughs> kind of like yell um, that comes in at at hard to understand times. That's right. just like some complex timing. So I think it's just a good exercise in just that in mm-hmm. timing, playing, right, uh, uh, reacting to cues, that kind of thing as mm-hmm. like a live band. <laughs>
0: 56 seconds is when you really, it really sounds like there's more than just the three of them
2: there. Mm-hmm.
0: It really sounds like a lot of people, but gosh, it's fun. The da da da's are yeah. really enjoyable. Da, 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 da.
1: you think after grab your favorite partner what i hear is that's not hard to do oh like i it's don't that I easy. Couldn't grab understand your it. favorite partner uh-huh. that's not hard to do i think is what they're saying
2: okay uh
1: i also thought i could hear prince saying something or maybe giving instruction at 5 minutes and 4 seconds after Multiple dozen listens, I could not identify exactly what was being said, but I do believe it's his voice,
0: okay,
1: uh, I mean, but it's basically boom boom mm-hmm. boom boom boom, you yeah. know
0: dance my heart do is what I heard. You said it's not hard to do. that makes much more sense than what yeah. I thought, which was dance, dance my, my heart do
1: dance my heart do, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean.
1: So it's not even a fully fleshed out song, and then when we get to the studio version, most of it's abandoned, right? Too right. Um, You know, like the melody is there, the but the lyrics are not.
0: Right. I mean, it gets repetitive, but that's but this is a practice session. This is working out timing, working Mm -hmm. you know, working out. Well, do we really like this? Do we not like this? What? You know, this was recording it so that they could listen back to it and be like, oh, that part.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that part. It's like a working session. Uh Yeah. For sure. Um, Because part of me was wondering, should I even include this here? I mean, it is a song, but it's just these three guys. And what I found so incredible was that it sounded to me like there was a group of women singing Uh with them. Right. And they bring that to life in a pretty, pretty cool way.
0: Right. It was very fun. It's interesting to listen to this practice and then what would actually end up on the 94 East album, Dance to the Music of the World, which is labeled Mm an instrumental. And I guess technically it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's this vocoder and instrument.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, it's basically like sampled vocals that they then put into a synthesizer and play yeah,
1: or he sang into a thing that you yeah know, added that effect yeah yeah
0: i yeah it's hard to know it yep. sounded to me like it was a sample that they then treated and played
1: sure that's yeah. definitely possible but what was amazing to me is on this album version the studio version it's the same three guys prince pepe and andre simone mm-hmm. so here they are again with a very much more polished right dance tracks or sure of. sure yeah. and uh prince is doing
0: not only guitar here but synthesizer keyboard drums
1: yep so he is
0: yeah they fleshed it out a bit more
1: yeah yeah there is a kind of drumstick count off uh-huh. at the beginning yeah, and it's a little fun. squeaky synth too uh-huh. that you know just sounds like a tune up yeah got a lot of songs in this era where
2: they just... you know there's
1: that stuff on every song ever recorded but it's always kind of edited out mm-hmm. to you know make it a cleaner start so you wonder if that might have been the intention but because someone had it on record mm-hmm. it's cool you know like that's prince clapping the sticks together to kind of get the timing right and mm-hmm. yeah yeah i would i kind of labeled it as instrumental disco rock oh Sure. So I was trying to, there were parts of it where it sounded to me like a little bit of inspiration from James Brown's Body Heat mixed in and a little Two Nigs United for West Compton. Mm. Obviously it wasn't yet recorded at this time, but it's sort of, if those two songs came together, Two Nigs United for West Body Heat.
0: Oh, there you go. (laughs) Equals dance to the music of the world. Equals dance
1: to the music of the world. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we get uh some really nice bass. More like rubbery guitar. It feels like very of this era to me now. <laughs> yeah, you've you heard know? it a lot, I've, right? I hear it like in all, all uh, so many of these songs. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Let me get a little rock guitar mixed in. Mm-hmm.
1: We do, we yep. do, yeah, like a minute and thirty-two seconds. There's some even guitar scratching going on in the left channel, followed by sort of a guitar solo. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of reserved guitar solo, I sure. guess.
0: get keys that mimic horns yeah but not quite so it makes it more interesting because they're not trying to be horns they're trying to be horn like
1: yeah play the part of horns we don't have a live horn section but right this is what we can do and that was something would be something that prince would do until like Deep into the Purple Rain era is yeah. when he finally brought in horn players. Right. You know? Yeah.
0: Then we get those obviously sampled vocals that are treated in some way. That yeah. They're very- played by a synth or he's singing them through a vocoder or something. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of makes it a borderline instrumental. It's,
1: but it's again, it's almost just like dance. There's this the name of the song is sort of what's said in different ways, right? Um, But it's not like there are there's a verse or a chorus Mm -hmm. to
0: me. And get some of the bouncy stereo that I don't like. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm really sorry. I was sitting down when I was listening to it, so I didn't Didn't fall over. And it kind of comes to crescendo with the yeah, sustained keyboard note. Mm-hmm. And then it fades.
1: Yeah, it kind of breaks down to a stopping point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, another yeah. kind of instrumental workout they're musicians that mm-hmm. weren't too worried about yeah the lyrics
0: yeah again this is like good background music for game night okay that's where i'm at with us
1: i don't disagree okay. i don't disagree
0: all right well that brings us to the end of the song so what we're going to talk about today we have some selections to make we choose a time capsule something that exemplifies the I'm just going to say the time period at which it was recorded. So stupid. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Get over it. Uh Then the sea, the low point and right. the mountain, the high point, the thing that we like the most. Yep. I made up the rules. So I go first time capsule for me it was we can work it out since it was created specifically for this wb reception and it it didn't appear anywhere else and it had such a disco flair it just really sounded like 1977
1: to me i was going my heart was going to break a little if we didn't agree on the time capsule. thankfully uh it's still intact because i could not feel stronger that it's we can work it out kind of a you chose me and I'm so glad song Uh, written specifically for Warner Brothers, not meant for an album. The beginning of his, you know, whatever it ended up being nearly 20 year, 18 year relationship with Warner Brothers. Right.
0: The C for me, this is totally a, a me thing, but the studio recording of dance to the music of the world, it was, uh, there was too much ping pong stereo in it for me to really, revisit it very often and the replacing of the vocals with those sampled synths or vocoder really made it kind of cold I would have appreciated if they were going to sing something
1: go back to the practice session yeah, or,
0: yeah just real vocals Let's make
1: it real I think it was sort of a new toy at the time too the vocoder was you know something new and it didn't require you to be a great vocalist yeah. maybe so I'm close to you, but I'm I'm a love and cup yeah, okay. C person. I, I'm sorry, but I couldn't love it less. That's fine. It's super jazzy, Kenny G level. Um, it's not that it's unbearable, you know. It's, but just,
0: it's a little long, it, a little is it, boring. Is it
1: going to be something I put on to, hey guys, guess what Prince did? Oh yeah, no. You know, no, no. So it's a... Cool entry, and again, like part of the early story of Prince's mute professional music career. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, to me, is where the love and cup runs dry.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, the mountain, I just really like When You Love to Love Me in pretty much all its forms. Hmm. So, that's my mountain.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. For me, it was a dead heat between those first three songs. Wouldn't You Love to Love Me, Make It Through the Storm, and I... Kind of put, we can work it out in there. It's almost like this triplet. They've got a lot in common. Okay. But I ultimately chose Wouldn't You Love to Love Me also. I don't think the best version ended up on originals. And I'm also not sure that this is the best version either. Maybe it's the 1986 recording. Okay. I don't feel a lot of pressure to really decide. But I'm not sure. Um, But considering both the song... And Prince are both in their infancy here. It's sort of a triumph to mm-hmm. me. Like it's okay to have this simple thing and then you can make it complex in very small ways. Uh-huh. And he did that a lot throughout that song, which I thought was, it's super, it's super fun to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I agree.
0: Absolutely. So next time.
1: Next time we're up to episode six of For uh-huh. You. We've got more outtakes from this era, including Don't You Want to Ride, Rock Me Lover. Leaving for New York, which I think you'll enjoy. Okay. Um, An Instrumental, Miss You and If You See Me. So um, there are kind of a mixture here of Prince Solo, 94 East, Instrumentals. I think it's going to be a wild little episode that we put together two weeks from today, which starts tomorrow.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio. Uh, We really appreciate that you spend some time with us every other week. And if you have a friend who you have not yet told about this podcast, someone who enjoys Prince music, you can tell them Josh and Chrissy were so dumb. They didn't understand what a treasure trove the For You era was. And now they have... Come around so you, my 70s loving friend, can uh, listen to their podcast. You know, go ahead and tell them. And rate, review wherever you get podcasts. And until next time, happy purple listening, friends.
1: We're here for you. Thanks for sticking around. The
0: Minnesota Historical Society. The Minnesota.
1: Minnesota. Mini Staplis.
2: Uh-huh. (laughs) That's (laughs) right.